I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Talking about gats, traps, cops, and robbers. It's 911. Please call the doctor. Evacuate the building and trick the pigs. Since everybody want a piece, we gonna split your wigs. See some fools slipped up and overstepped their boundaries. You're about to catch a cold. Stay the fuck from round me. Hey, welcome to the Black Outers Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we are in La Casa for a what was it? Tuesday Tuesday edition of the black guy who tips for everybody on the ride home stuck in that traffic jam don't touch that dial it's got jam on it that's right uh we are here giving you all the hits all day long and by hits i mean thoughtful conversations with guests uh, speaking of guests, the voice that you heard, you should be familiar with. You should have heard it before. Um, whether it was on our podcast where he's been on the show before, uh, whether it was on spoiled movie reviews where he's reviewed movies with us before, whether it was on the long and late movie show, which I've been on before. Um, it's my man Russell Hainline, uh, at Russell H film on Twitter, um, at Frank Longo. If you're ratchet, uh, what up, dog? <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much, man. It's good to get you back here, man. Um, normally, the only time I really get to talk to you now is when we disagree on a movie on Twitter and then size up that, that Olympus at the end. Oh, yeah, the Olympus. <laughs> That's my jam right there. I love that movie. Um, for people that don't know, man, Russell uh, reviews movies um, on the Long and Late Movie Show. He writes for several sites. Um, like, uh, quick question, man. I've seen a lot of movies this year. Um, I'm sure yeah. you've seen a lot. What movie has surprised you the most? The movie has surprised me the most. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, I actually think for the most part, I mean, it's probably Olympus Has Fallen, to be honest. And, uh, you know, that's the type of movie that I really enjoy, uh, that type of action movie. But I didn't expect it to be as good as it is. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's it's still up in my top movies of the year. So, uh, absolutely, that one for me. Yeah, I like the, I enjoyed that Olympus too, man, a lot. Um, and it was uh, kind of like I I expected a lot from it because it's Impossible White Man, my favorite genre of movies, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. and I could tell from the trailer it was hitting all the tropes, you know, just just nailing them, man. Like I was like, man, it, but but I but at the same time, it's been so long since we really had a good one. Yeah, most of them have been terrible. Yeah, most of the time. So I kind of went in like half cocked, like maybe they hit fifty percent of what I expect, and I walk out. But it's one of the few movies. I'll put it this way: I've not had that feeling leaving the theater since. Um, oh and, no! And I'm not even shitting on other movies. <laughs> just it was that good for me, man. Oh uh, yes, all the headshots, all the. Just impossibleness and, 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 you know, you, you fire from a job, you go back, you're the only one that really knows what's going on. You're in the basement with a Bluetooth, but your reception is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. It is magnificent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Now, um, the movie, I gotta say, has surprised me this year, um, which I wasn't expecting much from at all. And I, I don't, I haven't even talked to Russell about this. I don't think I've talked to anybody about this, so I don't know how anybody feels, but, I really enjoyed the heat, man. I, 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 did you see it? I did. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was very funny. Uh, I was really looking forward to it. Uh, I I thought that like Bridesmaids, mm-hmm. the same way that I thought that Bridesmaids was like maybe fifteen minutes too long. They could have trimmed some of the fat in there. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it's a 
comedy starring two women, uh, R-rated comedy starring two women, which is so rare uh, and so welcome a change. And Melissa McCarthy is, it's just hilarious, man. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing. Like, um, I walked in, I did, I honestly, I expected it to be terrible, but I got that movie pass. Uh, shout out to Russ for, for, uh, suggesting the movie pass. Yes, sir. And I said, you know what, man? Fuck it. I ain't got shit to do. It's a Monday. I'm high as hell. You know, we're going to get you fucked up. So <laughs> I uh, I went to, to the movies on Monday morning or whatever, early matinee, sat down. It was just me and this one white chick in the theater sitting about uh, 70 feet apart from each other. And within, I'd say, 30 to 40 minutes, we were both doing that, like, trying to chuckle and not laugh too much. You know, like, <laughs> all right. And I'd say a good, a good hour and 15 in, we were both cracking up like we were sitting next to each other, man. Like we, we bonded during that movie, even though we never made eye contact or spoke to each other on the way out. But, uh, it had us both laughing and I'm sure we were coming from completely different perspectives. Um, what surprised me the most about the movie, and I'm sure when we review it, I'll, I'll give more spoilers and stuff, but I'm not going to spoil it for people listening now. Um, uh, I didn't know that Sandy, cocoon that good man she oh, was, she's been she's I, been doing that for a while now dude i see i thought when she did some of the old stuff um like it like uh the one where she was a beauty uh fbi undercover fbi agent yeah miscongeniality yeah, yeah i was like eh, it's, it's it's good but it's not she didn't go all the way there but i don't know if people know this but um the heat is rated r i didn't know that and and that was one thing at first when it was promoted, I was like, I was like, it looks funny. And I didn't really pay attention to the rating. And I assumed it was PG-13 because more like, like Russell right. said, most of those movies are PG-13. And then the movies, I was like, oh, that look cool. It's rated R. Wait a minute. It's PG-13. Fuck you. I'm not going to go see it. So it, it, they almost reverse psychology me out the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like, um, I don't know if this comparison, uh, draws for a lot of people, but I think, I think it's pretty accurate. If you were big into the other guys, I think you'll like this movie a lot. And I enjoyed that movie a lot. And I know a lot of people don't, but I know a lot of people do not like the other guys. Like, that's a they very. Don't like the other guys? Yeah, there's a ton of people that don't fuck with oh, that movie. Oh, that's my shit, man. Like, not only, um, our, you know, Will, Fer- Will Ferrell's kind of like, you, you get them or you don't True. from movies. And then you have the really divisive ending with the fucking, like, six pages of script about the stock market that no one gives a fuck about. <laughs> Like no one right. came there. Right. <laughs> no one came in there like, yo man, what really happened with those um housing derivatives on the oh, okay. That's what it was. <laughs> so but yeah, I I, 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 I what do you think about the that? other guys? I like the heat more. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, see I think that's valid, man. Um so uh that that was one of those movies, like I said, I wasn't expecting much and maybe that's why I I, I was impressed, but uh, I really thought it was gonna be a shit show, man. I haven't liked a lot of comedies this year, so I think I like this is the end. Um, I enjoyed that movie a lot. When we went in, I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I heard people saying it's good. It's good. Go check it out. It's good. And it's one of those things where I'm kind of like Roger. I have to go see stuff for myself because it's a lot of stuff that people like. And I'm, and I, my personal taste go, this is some bullshit. Mm. So I went and I saw it and I really enjoyed it. It was very funny. Yeah. This is the end had me, uh, laughing pretty, pretty good. Um, and they went, they went there uh as far like also man it's not just that they were playing themselves but like they really became caricatures of the characters they play because like mm-hmm. i swear danny mcbride was just straight up eastbound and down in it 
for half that movie yes right it's like he just showed up and went Kenny Powers on everybody and I was like I'm in for this uh thank you for not fucking around and trying to do some acting let's just do you guys in the end of the world scenario so um I actually enjoyed that man a lot um and then there was one more thing I wanted to ask you about movies uh this the end oh what'd you think about World War Z I mean you know I liked World War Z mm. uh you know I think the best way to look at it is you can't look at it like it's a zombie movie because, you know, zombie movies, people want the gore, people want the violence, people want the kills, they want all those things. This movie, uh, I read a review that said, if you think of it more as a pandemic movie where the virus is zombies rather than thinking of it as, like, a traditional zombie movie, then uh, it's far more effective. Uh, I thought that the middle part wasn't as good, but the first part with the family, I was sort of terrified throughout for their mm. safety. I, I was certain they were going to kill one of those little kids. And then the final third in the, uh, in the like uh, center for disease control or whatever was really, uh, was really tense as well. Like the, the walking silently around and stuff. I, like I love any movie that does that. That's, and they did it really well. Uh, so yeah, world war Z was also a surprise. I kind of had very low expectations of that one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it- yeah. And it came together for me. And I think the thing for us was that, honestly, I had no intentions on watching that movie because I was like, hey, it was PG-13. And I'm, I'm like I said, if, if it's going to be zombies, let's zombie it out. And it's one of those things where I see more, more blood and more guts and more killing on The Walking Dead TV series on AMC than I did on this as far as, like, the interaction. It's so it's one of those things where, for, I guess for me personally, I was disappointed because, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. And and I guess that part of it disappointed me. And for me personally, it was an okay movie. It wasn't the best I've seen. And I think uh, for Roderick, people lied to Roderick and told him it was an impossible white man movie, which yeah. caused a lot of issues after he's seen the movie, and it made him highly upset. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I'm, <laughs> it's why I'm asking other people about it, because I, like, I know I'm biased now because... Uh, you can't hype me up for Impossible White Man and then pull the curtains on me and be like, oh, that's not Impossible White Man. It's sci-fi slash thriller slash horror slash action. But it's not Impossible White Man. He wasn't busting one-liners. He didn't kill anybody during the film, really. He was surviving and shit, but there's a lot of impossibleness to characters if they're white dudes in movies already. You can't just be like... Right. Something impossible happened. That's an impossible white man. Like every fucking movie got something impossible, impossible. that happens, yes. or else nobody would go to the movie. Ain't that the truth? You know what I got? I, I, I thought that it was. Uh, I definitely thought that they looked like through the ads that it that it might have traveled down that path. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They had like a lot of in the ads him saying things like, you know, I'm trying to save my family, right. and you know, like lots of you know declarations, yeah. and then they had that like. The Big grenade crash, mm-hmm. and so I just knew there was going to be like some crazy shit with that plane. Yeah, uh, that was sort of a disappointing sequence to some degree uh, because I, again, I, I guess I thought something different was going to come of it, but uh, the rest of it did a pretty good job of sort of restricted point of view terror about sort of like family and well being. Yeah, it was uh, weird to me is the grenade in the plane thing. It had a chance to be impossible. If he had like jumped out the plane with like a parachute, yes, grabbed that right. soldier that only right. had one hand or and something, they both went out. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't gonna be that. Like he he was like um, a very competent dude and all that stuff, but 
he wasn't just this uh jumping out of a building as long as it's three feet of water in there he lands and he's safe and he doesn't get hurt or right. you know he wasn't that yeah, guy he, he wasn't about breaking the law because even when he came out the store the police officer came up he like put his hands up the officer walked past and i was like you trying to obey the law in a zombie apocalypse what is going on here sir <laughs> yeah yeah but i i mean now i will say i enjoyed the first like i don't know 30 minutes of it in because uh, I did like the breakdown and chaos that happens during, you know, whenever they have a movie where society just breaks the fuck down. It's like, hey, man, we raping people now. And it's like, God damn, like we went from zero to rape in like one traffic light went out. Yeah. Like that. I, I enjoy that kind of shit because it's like, you know, I, I believe people ain't shit and it just like solidifies my belief. Um, They really just lost me once they got to the ship. I, I couldn't care less. And then like everyone kept treating him like he was a messiah and shit it was like he has to get to the plane i'm like if i was in like israel and this dude came I was like yeah i'm looking for a cure and i was like hey man our walls are good we straight fuck you that's what i thought was gonna happen but right. everybody tried to help this dude i i don't know i found that just completely uh uh it was like it turned me off because i wanted him to be impossible and be in there like yeah torturing motherfuckers being like you're gonna tell me what a fucking you know facility is and, 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 it, didn't and it didn't happen and i can i guess my thing i saw a lot of uh great potential especially at the beginning i was like oh yeah this you know especially when they saw him getting people biting yeah and they're instantly turning and things like that and and you know people just jump in and attacking people and i was yeah. like oh it's gonna be that type of movie and then i think for me they put the brakes and when they put the brakes on it and slowed the pacing down mm-hmm. i guess for me personally i was like this is not what i expected i enjoyed his counting that was dope when he was yeah. like you know yeah, counting yeah, how long it great. takes that was a great moment yeah that was that like it had some moments it, yes it did like that's the thing when i left the theater i was like i'm very pissed but i'm not gonna say this is a bad movie no i'm just pissed that you guys told me it was impossible white man and yes. then i had to come up with the impossible white manifesto and get everybody to understand what the fuck an impossible white man movie is so they'll stop like someone asked me today was home alone impossible white man no no it's got to be an action it can't be a comedy yeah, it's kids comedy man like <laughs> what the fuck and and um i've been thinking about it i think world war z is actually an impossible white woman movie now here's why i say this um impossible white woman is a genre where white women and this uh you can go check out some of these roles dangerous minds mm-hmm. uh gorillas in the mist um yeah, the love where white women love blindside where white women love somebody else or something so much that they are literally able to harness their love to save the universe save planet save this the course of this person's life and that's one of the things that i noticed about this movie is brad pitt loves his family so much he's willing to save the world the whole world yeah i mean now there's action and guns but honestly he adopts a little mexican boy and keeps it moving Uh, yeah he does he didn't think twice about that, did he? I liked that. Right, you coming with us. We, we will not leave you here to die. And if you notice, it never comes up again in the film. Like, no mm-hmm. one goes, uh, hey, we got three bunks for your family. Uh, we didn't get anything about a little Mexican kid, buddy. I'm- yeah, we need to kick Alejandro out of here. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Is, is he with you? Because there's limited room on this ship, and it's for personnel, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. His died. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I need more like declarations like that. You know, like that's why kind of the second third of it, there was this. Uh, it did have something that I like in Impossible White Men movies, which is that everybody knows who the person is, yeah. where everybody's yeah. like, 
Everyone's like, what, you've never heard of this man? He's ex-Special Forces, CIA. He was in Bosnia. He was in, you know, and everybody rattles off, like, his credentials right away. So everybody's like, oh, yeah, I guess I should listen to this guy. So they had all of that. Yes, not that, yes. They didn't have, like, all the other stuff that that I really wanted where he was sort of, like, flaunting the fact that he was special. Yes. You know, like, instead, like, he played it as coolly as possible. Like, I was trying to imagine, what if that same movie is made with an actor who's a bit more expressive? Like, Brad mm-hmm. Pitt is, like, his best mode of emotion is, I'm cool, I'm reserved. Right. Like, what if it was played by someone like Tom Cruise or, like, Nicolas Cage yeah. or, you know, someone who, like, sort of wears that, like, I'm going to be a badass right now, like, on their face. Yeah, you know it would have I mean? had to be impossible. They would have had to change some of the script. Uh, to make it impossible if it wasn't just because they cast somebody like that and it could have been that way because like you said the credential thing is big because in every impossible white man movie you always had the one dude that questions your credentials that like everyone else in the room respects this guy and i've never been in a situation like this by the way in real life where 99 percent of the people in the room respect someone they walk in and then one dude steps up like nah fuck that man what what did you what do was, to order me around? What was the dude's name in World War Z? Was it John, Jack, Jim? It was, I, it was something small. It I was can, something short with a J. I can That's all like everybody's out. name is now. Yeah, yeah, it's always like Jack Trotter. He's a special forces CIA. I also like the reveal of the dude being a badass. Like they always do that now, and it, it did have that in this movie where he's just eating breakfast with cereal, like with his kids and shit, and making jokes. And then next thing you know, it's like, uh, yeah, we have to get him off of this, uh, out of this building in New Jersey. We just need to save him and his family. Right. It's like, why? Right. The world is going to shit, but we need like one <laughs> specially trained soldier because he's that much better than everyone else. In the world, yes. <laughs> All right. I, it makes you wonder if the government ever really does that. <laughs> like, if that's no. ever like. See, I was just, I was rewatching, so I went and saw White House Down, and, uh, then I came back and I watched 2012, mm-hmm. uh, which I have on Blu-ray. And, uh, in 2012, the guy who discovers that the world is about to end, right? Yeah. He, uh, like, and they make a big deal about how they need to have on these arcs, you know, uh, for the preservation of humanity, they need to have the best scientists of all time, right? right? So there is an, a scientist who discovered that the world is about to end, right? Right. Uh, but he's not white. He's Indian, okay? Mm. So then they have a shot, like, later in the movie, and the Indian dude is, like, on the phone with, uh, with, uh, you know, the protagonist and is going, like, I'm sorry, they never came to pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but in World War Z, he punches people really effectively, <laughs> and so, you know, he gets picked up from the middle of nowhere. We will make it a point to find you. Right, they're like, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's good, that's, that's a good impossible white man trait. They just yes. need more one-liners and stuff if it, if it was going to be that direction. Yeah. Yes. See, he yeah. never gets left behind. But if he does get left behind, he's going to be able to find his way back like right. MacGyver. Give him two nails and a screw and some tape, and he'll find them. And his name was Gary Lane uh, in the movie. And, um, yeah, just the odds needed to be a little more stocked against, stocked against him. Like, if he would have been like um, – you remember that part where he gets impaled and he's like laid up in the facility for a while? Mm-hmm. But like he wakes up, he's tied up, and then they just are like, he's like, call the phone, call my people, and they'll let you know. And then they call him, and they're like, yeah, that's it, that, he's good. And they're like, oh, okay, my bad, we'll untie you. I'm like, don't you know who Gary Lane, Jerry? I think it's Jerry. <laughs> Jerry actually, I think it's yeah, Jerry Lane. <laughs> don't you know who Jerry Lane is? Right. He's ex special forces. Ex special forces, <laughs> CIA operatives, black ops. <laughs> 
He knows kung fu. He, you should know this man. Right. He was in. Uh, he was in. Uh, I don't know. They always name either some like Slavic country or some African country. <laughs> right. Yeah. It yeah. Was like one of those. Do you remember what happened? You know, in uh, Rwanda. Oh, right. yeah, it was terrible. Because they know about- they know Americans are too stupid to know about that shit. Of course, we're just and like, they're not gonna go look. We're like, it's probably like pretty dangerous, yeah, right? What what they say, Somalia? Yeah, yeah that sounds that pretty sounds that, 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 that sounds far away. Full Slavic country, right? Just be. Uh, do you remember what happened in uh, Burjistan? Burgistan? I mean, mm. like, goddamn, that sounds tough. Yeah, not the Burgistan conflict. That, uh-huh. ooh. Burgistanis, they, <laughs> they, it's tough. I think a couple of those play for the Spurs. It must be pretty rough over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that, but yeah, that, I think, uh, World War, and then of course, everybody we talked about on the show for, uh, people have seen it on Twitter. Actually, when I said Russ is gonna be on the show, the immediate next tweet was, are y'all gonna talk about, how uh y'all disagreed on man of steel and I'll, let me tell you something guys i'm not gonna talk about it and here's why. why uh because <laughs> i have declared avengers initiative on man of steel uh and i know all the arguments against it but i feel like all the other superman fans that like emotion they want to care about saving babies and stuff they got four or five movies i got one I'm good. I just needed my one Superman throw a motherfucker through seven buildings. I don't care if it's full of orphans. I don't give a fuck. I mean, either. that was cool. <laughs> I just want to see Superman do some Superman power what shit. It, what if it had said orphanage <laughs> for like abandoned foster children or whatever, like yep. on the side? You know? Yeah, if he goes through it and babies go everywhere, I don't give a damn. I wouldn't, yeah, <laughs> if that was an explosion. He's babies at Zod, he's like talking to Zod, <laughs> yes. like projectiles. You know? <laughs> that would have been an explosion. And, and the explosion, there would have just been pampers and like baby formula. Just a a- shot everywhere. Every, I would have been fine. Me too. I, I did not care. Um, uh, say I'm not empathetic. That is fine. I don't, I didn't bring my empathy with me for Superman. I know I did not. I brought my, are you going to fuck shit up or not Superman? What are we going blowing up? What, yeah. what are we throwing you through? What is going to crash? My arms going to fall. My arms were folded for a good hour into that movie. Like these motherfuckers going to do it again. Uh, they got me again. Another one of these emotional ass. Oh, poor woe is me. I'm Superman and I just can't have any friends because I'm not from this planet. And then he started blowing shit up and I was like, oh, my bad. I apologize for everything I thought. Uh, continue partying on. So, um, I'm not, the only reason I'm not arguing it is because I know I'm biased. I'm not going to try oh, to defend it. I, I am it. too. Yes, yes. I, 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 I am very, <laughs> uh, very biased and things like this. My, put it like this. My mind is made up. Like, like I've already determined. There's nothing you can say or do to change my mind. I loved it to death, and the whole time I sat on the edge of my seat. And I and this is one of those. It, this is one of those few movies where, like Roger said, we we call this Avenger Initiative. It's like you know what? We can't even talk. Yeah, there's no offense. Um, well, I right. totally respect that. I totally respect that. Yeah, it's every- not. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, necessarily to my personal taste and liking, but I can totally see how other people. Have it to their personal taste and liking. So, you know. Oh, I do want to ask you about this, Russ. Because uh, this is one thing I've realized about critics, right? And I, uh, I consider you a critic. And I say that. Please I, don't. With respect. <laughs> please don't. I say it with respect. I don't res- want to be a critic. <laughs> I want to be a writer for the movies. I don't want to be a critic. See, I've separated myself from that group. I, I, I do not want that label. I hate 90 <laughs> to 95% of critics. I hate so many of them. 
They know it. I've told them to their faces. <laughs> I think that it's terrible. It's a very strange thing. Uh, and, and it could be something totally valuable. The art of criticism should be something that helps expose people to films that they wouldn't otherwise see. Mm -hmm. You know, it should, it should be something positive. It should be about, you know, trying to look deeper. It should be, uh, about things that contribute to the art form. Mm. Right. Like there's a reason why there's a Pulitzer for criticism. But the problem is it's so easy and I've done it before as well, like on my blog or whatever. It's so easy to just like resort to either a easy sort of snarky comments, which I really dislike, mm. or b uh, trying to look deeper than what it than what it's supposed to be. It's mm. like it's it's one or the other. It's always like, oh, his hair wouldn't look like that uh, after an action scene. Yeah. D plus, right. or <laughs> it's. Or it's like, well, uh, the socio-political ramifications of the action <laughs> sequence uh, at the in the second act juncture, you know, like sometimes a movie just has to be fun, and right. you know, like maybe you can say that uh, something makes it fun or not fun, whatever, whatever. But the point being that I dislike a lot of critics. I have a blog, and I have been paid to do criticism, mm. but I want to write the movies. I want to create the movies. I don't want to. Okay. Uh, Okay. criticize them forever i just wanted to throw that out there before you continued on well that's but fair that's fair um i i will let's uh say um because i enjoy your answer and i i that's kind of how i feel about movies too is um i don't want to be considered a critic but we are officially north carolina film critics association people so we critics yeah you're you're higher up than me you're in an association <laughs> yeah you know how we do man we associated yeah um, and, and i guess the the thing for us is that because we a lot of most of the movies we see we see it because we want to see the movies which is completely I'm, I'm assuming completely different than a lot of critics which did, for a lot of them this is their job this is their livelihood this is how they make their money so they constantly watch movies i don't like the fact that they go into the movies not as fans like like and mm. and i and when i watch a movie i watch a movie as a as a fan as a as a person because a lot of the movies that they rave do rave reviews two percent of the population watched right and you like word that, that that's the best movie of the year but you know a hundred million thousand people went to go watch superman okay yeah there's a lot of politics behind it too because um like russ said a lot of people feel like it's an obligation to spread the word about the slept on movies kind of like well, not enough right. people are going to see this, so I'm going to talk this one up, and more people right. are going to see that, so I'm going to kind of talk that one down because everyone's going to see it no matter what I say and stuff like that. And then, you know, obviously once you throw in, like, you know, slinging those, getting those links, getting those clicks, getting those, uh, you know, with, on the front of uh, Riding Tomatoes right now, you go look at any movie, the front of it is they're limiting critics basically to a sentence to get you to click on whatever they've got to say. Mm -hmm. And Rotten I, Tomatoes is the worst. <laughs> Rotten yeah. Tomatoes is the worst. I do not uh I do not subscribe to Rotten Tomatoes at all. Maybe it's because they've rejected me a couple of times. <laughs> but regardless, because I don't want to be a critic, it doesn't burn me that much. Like right. if people who use Rotten Tomatoes, I recommend to everyone what you need to do instead of going to Rotten Tomatoes is find maybe via that, via Metacritic or whatever, mm. eight to ten critics that you trust. You know, maybe you disagree with them, but you think that right. they're good writers, you think that their opinions are valuable, and then you search them out. You don't go to Rotten Tomatoes and see what, uh, you know, 200 bloggers and then, like, 
10, yeah. like, good writers, you know, have to say about it. And that's wildly reductive. That's not fair. But the mm-hmm. point being, I think that Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the aggregation of people's reviews together uh, creates an unfair portrait. Like, a movie that's fine is always going to have a higher uh, rating than a movie that sort of divides people between I really loved it or I really hated it. Mm-hmm. And and why is that? Like, if if I thought, and a movie like that, I don't know what its Rotten Tomatoes rating is, but Spring Breakers is currently probably my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. I loved Spring Breakers on, on a number of levels. But, you know, a movie that everybody likes, but just they kind of like it, right. is is going to have a higher rating. So, like, uh, what do you do? Do you go with the thing that has the higher rating, which probably isn't potentially going to make you feel as passionate about it? Right. Or do you go with something that has a lower rating, but people that you trust love it with all their heart? Yeah, you know, I, I uh, like podcasts to get my movie reviews more than uh, writers at this point. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, is... I do like Rotten Tomatoes, but I like the fan ratings because for me, the fan ratings are the most accurate, accurate to how rating. I feel about movies. Yeah. Um, like typically, uh, like I know a lot of people that didn't like, uh, Dark Knight Rises, per- like I personally know these people, but then like when I go on, um, Rotten Tomatoes, the fans are giving it like a 89 or 80 something. And I'm like, but that, that's about how I felt about it. You know what I mean? When I look at, um, uh, uh, after earth critics gave it like really low scores, like, you know, like a three out of 10. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. It was, I thought it was pretty bad. And you know, and I went and I read some of those reviews and a lot of them seem like personal shots at M night and mm-hmm. Jaden Smith, Absolutely. stuff like that. Now, you know, which but, was irrelevant to the movie, but the fans gave it about a, five out of four out of out of ten Damn, i'm like you know what accurate that's about where i felt i thought yes. it was a, i didn't think it was the greatest Grace movie. movie i thought it was a mediocre movie mm-hmm. and i'm biased because i like black fatherhood so i added two more points for me but it was but but it but it's about a four out of ten so it, it stuff like that is uh where i like to get my ratings from is the fans and what i was going to get to as far as with the uh the critics versus fans one thing i have noticed and i'm not saying it's good or bad but i feel like Critics like movies a lot of times that you don't actually have to go to a theater to see. Yes. Like, I could watch it at home on a small screen and get just as much the same experience, maybe even a better, more intimate experience in my living room watching, like, Lincoln or something like that than, uh, say, Avatar, which is a movie I feel like that's what the theater is for. Like, yeah, I can't experience Avatar in any passable way, really, unless I see that shit and I'm immersed and my eyes kind of hurt because I'm like, I'm in this fucking universe right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, When I watch Superman and they punch a dude across the screen, I'm watching, you know, 50 feet of screen as this dude goes flying. That's completely different than your regular HDTV. Yeah, when I get home, it's 40-something inches of screen. It's not going to be the same type of feeling like I'm watching a big battle royale. Um, So that's that's my new theory that I'm working with is like, you know, because I saw Zero Dark Thirty from last year uh argo which i thought was boring i'm not saying these are bad movies but i I don't have to go to the theater to see them like they you know they critics like movies you don't need to go to the theater to see yeah no special effects just you know people acting and i guess critics say we criticize people that act yeah well maybe that's maybe that's why they size up the 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 independent films so much or the other the films that we don't go see because they're like 
well shit no one's gonna go see fucking you know whatever this is i'm the town not enough people will see the town but if i you know tell them how great it is and the acting and nuanced performances blah 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 more people will go see it because everybody's gonna go see fucking 007 like so let, let's fucking you know get some people in this seat get some asses in these seats that's my working theory and it's and it's not bad. I've got a couple of things uh, to respond to uh, with that. First of all, uh, another reason why I don't really consider myself a critic: all the movies that I go to, I pay for. Mm. You know, I think that that helps uh, influence a lot of critics to sort of more easily dismiss things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I go to movies, and uh, and it's kind of it's easy for me to say because. Like you, I get to go see the movies that I want to see. Yeah. Like if you if you look at like Letterbox D, which is sort of like a great website for having a diary of all the movies that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Most of my ratings are high because I went and saw the movies I wanted to see. I avoided the things that I thought I wouldn't like. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy. You know, so I I do think that that affects some of it. Uh, my second thing is uh, in terms of drama on the big screen. I do think that certain dramas do need to be seen on the, seen on the big screen. I agree that some independent movies, some people call them walking and talking movies in which, you know, it's 90 minutes of, you know, two people walking in, around and talking to each other. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Right, yeah. Uh, Doesn't make it uh, bad. But it's not necessarily cinematic. Uh, I saw a movie called Mud with Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. uh, and it's by the same guy who did Take Shelter, one of my favorite movies of two years ago, which actually did have special effects and was an indie movie but totally deserved seeing in theaters. Mud is this sort of southern coming-of-age tale, but if uh, if you see it in theaters, there is just, you feel like you're there. Like mm-hmm. uh, There's a certain degree to which drama, if you are totally immersed into it, can really elevate it. Like, if I see a drama on my TV at home, unless I'm focused, like I've got my iPad here, you know, my mm-hmm. iPhone here, you know, there's things going on outside. Maybe my girlfriend comes over whatever, whatever. Right. right. It's, it's hard for me to stay like as immersed into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As I can be in a theater. So I think that some independent films, some, especially ones that create worlds the way that mm-hmm. I think spring breakers did yeah. the way mud did. Uh, I think that those totally deserve, uh, theatrical uh, consideration, and then my third one, which gets kind of towards the fact that you want to see action movies in theaters, but not indie films. Yeah, the more indie films that you see in theaters, my theory is the better the action movies that you will eventually see become, mm-hmm. because the movies, uh, you know, the fa- Fast Five and Fast and Furious Six, Justin Lin, his first movie was a small independent movie, mm-hmm. a movie called Better Luck Tomorrow. That because it did so well. He got the jobs doing the future things, doing Fast and Furious and things like this. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan. I mean, obviously, his first couple of movies were very small. Yeah. You know, uh, so the more that you support small independent films when they're in theaters, especially if they end up being things that you really enjoy, the more those people end up becoming the people in charge of the big budget things, which then makes the big budget things that much better. Yeah, def- so, uh, it's definitely not a shot at independent movies. No, it's I not. Just- want people no, to understand, I, I understand. You know what I, I but it's like for and then also when i watch movies at home i don't do other shit like i'll watch it like i'm in the theater so um that might have something to do with it too like if i'm watching a movie at home the only thing i might do is like tweet it or something um but even to tweet it i'm fucking watching it and it's like if i uh 
get lost or anything i'll pause it or if like some yeah, you know like i don't you know but the but the thing is though like uh also as a man i feel like certain dramas and shit is in your own home it's like you're comfortable uh you can cry if you want to cry you can ah. fucking you don't have to be looking around like there's no other dudes in here is it okay cool ben affleck's dead you know but but <laughs> like I, mean, I, would, I would argue that a good drama makes you stop caring what's going on around you oh that, that must not be that is just, just gonna like put you in a bubble it must I mean? not be that many good dramas then because i've never been in the theater and forgot i was in the Fair. theater um people gotta step their game up man i man now you try to make me think of when's the last time i watched a drama that made me forget i was in the theater i can't even think uh, of dramas, one. dramas are not my go-to genre normally i mean yeah. they're, they're really not uh but mud like i said i i don't want to like overhype it or anything but mud and then take shelter uh which came two years ago michael shannon was the star of take shelter mm. and uh he's in mud as well uh both of those movies are really great and i think jeff nichols the director his next movie is going to be a sci-fi movie Mm. So then uh, now, because his movies have been so good and because they've been supported by people in theaters, now he's going to get a chance to have a bigger budget to play with, make something a little bigger, a little wider in scope, a little more cinematic, mm. a little more theatrical. And uh, I think that's great. I think that's what makes, you know, well, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be checking them out on Netflix or DVD at some point uh, if I don't make it to the theater um because i can't be crying in public um this is the blackout tips podcast and you can find us at the blackouttips.com you can do a bunch of stuff while you're there you can vote in the polls you can leave comments you can uh subscribe you can join our premium section where you can actually hear spoiled movie reviews and uh real house husbands and a bunch of other stuff we do we do the nerd off um we also have a spinoff show about sports called balls deep um you can listen to all that shit right there uh from the blackouttips.com um and check out the premium section for all that um the official weapon of the show is the taser unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme yes sir and today's podcast is sponsored it's sponsored by a very sexy sponsor so let me get some sexy music out um it's sponsored by adamandeve.com that's right for everybody that uh likes to treat their vaginas and penises and lovers and ah. their genitals very well regardless of your orientation regardless of how you get down adam and eve can meet your needs so all you got to do uh, is go to adamandeve.com put in the code tbgwt and you'll get a bunch of free shit what all do you get you get whatever you want half off mm-hmm. now that should be enough really but it's not but it's not okay but i mean and I say, if you're getting half off, go big or go home. You know what I mean, yep. guys. Um, but I say, maybe maybe you want 50 condoms, but you'll be paying for them like it's 25 condoms. Is that enough? Uh, it's not enough, Karen. You also get three free adult DVDs of slow motion, high quality white people having sex all over the place with music in the background. And I mean, these are really good productions. There's no random dude eating a sandwich in the background. Oh, no. People walking across the background. Yeah. No other they dude. They got makeup on. The cameraman never walks over to get his dick sucked. Like, is, oh, no. These people have uh, sexual harassment laws. They, everyone's yes, tested. they do. People, you know. Uh, they got a human resources department that exactly. does their job. Exactly. This is professional porn. There's lighting. There's no awkward hotel sex scenes where... You know, someone knocks on the door. There's no phones ringing in the background. Mm -mm. This is professional, people. So you get three of those. You also get a free gift that is so central. I wish I could tell you about, but it's impossible because they would just sue me. And then the last thing you get is the best thing, which is free shipping. 
which is the best kind of shipping this why i get all my shit on amazon prime right now free shipping is where it's at man so make sure that you guys go to adamandeve.com put in code tbgwt and get all this free shit that i just told you about all right um first things first uh and russell we got you on the show i'm glad you know i needed to get to a white person uh before (laughs) before this movie came out you go see a lot of movies and you white um are you planning on going to see Fruitvale Station? And if so, are you going to take a friend with you? Are you? What's the plan? Are you going to go in the middle of the morning on like a Tuesday? How are you going? <laughs> how are you going to get I out see, of that theater alive? You seen Fruitvale Station already? I've seen it. How? I went to I went to the Los Angeles premiere. What? Wow. Oh, actually, that's smart. Yeah, that's that really is smart. smart. So it was the premiere. It was, it was a it was a who's who of Black Hollywood at this yeah. thing. By the way, that that's like, good. I, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was amazing. I mean, like uh I I got there pretty early. It was part of the LA Film Festival. And uh I got there pretty early. I was I'd say the crowd was maybe 15 to 20% white, you know, like around there. But I I mean, I don't have any problem with that. Uh and the movie looked great. And so the uh people started coming in and I started like geeking out a little bit. Cuz like sitting over my shoulder like right over here. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Emiazzi Carinialdi, who was in an awesome movie last year called Middle of Nowhere, that I really loved about you know like a a young woman whose husband is locked up. They live in South Central LA, and uh, she's gorgeous and she's an amazing actress. And it was one of my favorites. And so she's sitting right there, and it's like, how am I going to watch a movie knowing that there's this beautiful woman sitting behind me? You know what I mean? It's like one of those. And then like Russell Simmons comes and he sits like three seats down that way. You yeah. know, and so like it's it's kind of weird, like as it's happening for uh, for like all these people to start coming in, and like Sidney Poitier and Forrest Whitaker came in and they hugged each other, and everybody in the theater clapped and like all this stuff. Like it was, I was geeking out, and I've seen like a, enough famous people around L.A. so far to not really geek out. But when Sidney Poitier hugs Forrest Whitaker in front of you, that's a moment. Yeah, you know what I mean, so like uh, the movie uh, itself is very good. Mm. Uh, well, Michael B. Jordan be acting his ass off. So Michael B. Jordan, I, I've been saying for a while now that I think he is the next big thing. Yeah, me you too. know, uh, regardless of regardless of race, regardless of gender, right? He is the next big thing. He is going to be so big. This is really going to sort of take off for him. Uh, I think that this movie is extremely well acted. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, it is effective. I think that the fact that this is the director's first feature, both writing and directing, yeah. is unbelievable to think about. I I will say that there are two things that people are going to have problems with that mm-hmm. I can already predict. And one of them is that it is very – it's heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. It's as heavy-handed as it can get. You know, it treats the subject matter seriously, which is good because it's important subject matter. But you know how sometimes important subject matter is treated like with a capital I important? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like at the end of Lincoln, when Lincoln is walking off to the theater, you can tell that everybody who's watching him leave knows that he's going to die right. somehow. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're just treating it that much heavily. And uh this movie does have that to some degree. It is okay. extremely heavy-handed. Uh, I wasn't really bothered by that, uh, but it is easy mm. to see how some people will be bothered by it. Okay. And then the second thing, which if this movie gets nominated for a bunch of Oscars, it's absolutely going to come up, is the quote-unquote 
sainthood, you know, the deification mm-hmm. of uh, Oscar Grant. Yeah. Where they definitely, uh, they, I think they make him more complicated than most biopics do of their subject matters. Like, you know, famously, A Beautiful Mind got really shit on around Oscar season because John Nash was, like, famously uh, homophobic mm-hmm. and, uh, or no, wait, he was famously anti-Semitic and he had homosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. But the movie, like, sort of whitewashed all of that, you know what I mean? This movie does do a pretty decent job of showing that Oscar Grant was a conflicted dude who had very strong emotions and who really struggled to keep his anger in check. Like, mm. he was an angry dude. But at the same time, the movie goes out of its way to show that he says I love you to his family all the time. He, like, saves a dog that is sick. You know, like, he he does a lot of very nice things. And I feel like people are going to say it's not as complex as maybe reality should be. Not even necessarily that a movie should reflect reality. Like, mm. uh, it's not... It's not like the deification of Oscar Grant distracts from the point, which is that this kid shouldn't have been killed, you know. Um, but I do see that that will be – it makes it less complicated. And for people that want a movie that is more complicated, this movie is not necessarily that movie. It mm. is very straightforward. Uh, but I still really enjoyed it. And Octavia Spencer, lock her in, Best Supporting Actress nomination, period. Again, wow. you know, she's in. She's in. I hope Michael B. Jordan is in. But Octavia Spencer is a goddamn lock. I think the screenplay has a really good chance as well. The screenplay is really smart. Well, the the other thing about um, Michael B. Jordan is, I a lot of people know him as Wallace from the Wire. But when I thought he when I thought the dude had it was uh, I when I watched Friday Night Lights, mm-hmm. and he comes in late in that series really and just steals the show as Vince, uh, the 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 troubled. Uh, quarterback um, for well, I think at that point there might have been the Lions or whatever. But uh, it was just he was man, he stole the show for me, man. Like that, it was a show I pretty much had given up on at that point. Like man, I guess they lost their fastball, and then dude just came in. I was like, I care again. Um, and also the dude that played his father was good too. Um, but uh, all right, to, let's, be, to yeah. be a really big movie star, you need to have like an open face. You know what I mean? Like, like a face that people want to like right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and Michael B. Jordan has that face. I mean, like when he smiles, it's, and when yes. he, and when he, like tells and when he like kind of tells a self-deprecating joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to think of who to even compare him to. I mean, like Will Smith and Denzel are like, I guess, yeah. easy because he's black. But like, even like young Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. in the way that like he smiles and all of a sudden. You're like, this is a charming asshole right here. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. like, so, like, uh, when you're starting to compare him to people like Tom Cruise and Will Smith and Denzel and whoever else, you know, yeah. the most the most charming actors of the last 20 to 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, then you're looking at somebody who's going to be just really, really big, I think. I'd put all my stock money in him. Absolutely. And, and I loved him. What was that other movie we seen where they got superpowers? Yeah, it was Chronicle. 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 I was about to bring it up. He was so good in that that my right. that my black friends to this day still think that movie's racist that's how good he was <laughs> like anyone that knows anything about movie writing and cliches knew that that dude was not making it through the movie no like as soon as i liked that motherfucker i was like oh he's so he's the friend that dies huh and everybody's like my i got home my boy goes yo man i, I like chronicle a lot i'm like yeah he's like yo vince killed it i was like yeah yes, yeah yeah michael b jordan's the man 
Hey man, you think that movie's racist? I was like, what? No, it's not. What? He had to die. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, why did he kill the brother? I was like, dude, you just like him a lot because he's a good actor. He just did a great job with the part, and there's nothing racist about that, man. You just just like him. It's it's fine. But uh, yeah, that that if was. They'd had, if they'd had like four or five kids get superpowers. Right. Then, like, the other two before Michael B. Jordan would have died, like, regardless right. of what race they were. But because you only have three people in the movie, and yes. the one who is not related to one another is black, <laughs> right. then, uh, you know, there's just no choice, sadly. And I he's mean, so good. Like, yeah. it's, it's like the part that he's playing is such a protagonist. Like, it's, everything about him is awesome. It, it just, there's no way he can live. Like, no. you know, like there's, he has no flaw in the movie. It's just everyone likes him. He's a jock. He's running for school office. He's the president of the school, a student body. He's also the life of the party. And he even looks up at Andrew, the fucking villain of the thing. And is like, dude, we're, I'm going to be cool with you too. Like he, right. everything about him was good. I was like, dude, you can't let this motherfucker live. He's too good. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like fucking Ricky from boys in the hood. Like you, uh-huh. you gotta die, man. I'm sorry, but this ain't that type of movie. Um, another reason I'm glad we got a white person on the show today. Uh, CNN apparently came out with a show called The N Word. And uh, I heard about this. I heard about yeah, this and, yesterday. And, and what was what was so hilarious, Russell? Is that we was actually eating? We was eating and happened to look up at the TV, and like big bold like super print was like the N Word. And I looked at Roger. I was like, it was a commercial. For yeah, it, it was it a wasn't commercial. Show. Yeah. yeah, it was it was the commercial. And I looked at Roger. I was like, the N Word. I was yeah. like, is they about to really do this? I really looked at him like, they got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, the Paula Dean shit really went too far where people got, like, people want to, I think the world, and by the world, I mean white people, really want to have a conversation about the N-word, and especially the media, because it's like, off limits is the third rail, but you can talk around it and everybody will tune in. Um, And they really, really, really want to talk about it, but like, no. You, it's, it's such a simple rule to the end where like there really isn't like i I kept thinking like they should do the build-up to the show they should like hype it you know even uh kind of like the decision with lebron james like show a commercial for it every <laughs> every 10 seconds you know just what is the conclusion that we are reaching here <laughs> right, about right. the use of the n-word yeah let's keep, break it down for a second yeah, right. back to you john and keep cutting back and forth to each other and then like uh you you know have somebody sit down and like break down this like really good like point of like why like just every reason you can think of why it's time we need to let it go everybody can use the n-word and 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 then just wait till they get to the very end and then just maybe you cut to dave Chappelle in minute 59 with like 40 seconds left in the entire like thing you just cut to dave Chappelle, and he's just like no and then that and then it goes off credits everything just Ah! It's so embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, it's so embarrassing. Uh, you know, like, two two things. One, I think because uh, – so I was a teacher for the last few years uh, in high school in Virginia, a little outside of D.C., and it would qualify as, like, red state Virginia. Like, it was a red county for mm-hmm. sure. Um, white people – and by white people, I mean white uh, young people, white yeah. teenagers, use the N-word very freely. Mm-hmm. And there are very few consequences to it. Even when they use it in front of their black friends, yep. 
there is so little consequence. And so when whenever like something happens and then like white people end up tweeting the N word, like at this point, at first I was really shocked because I just I come from a time and a place in which white people don't say the N word and it's right. very cut and dry. You know, but then, like, when you see all the tweets that, like, white people send, I, my first question is always, are these people under the age of 16? Right. Are these white people under the age of 16? Because uh, it's bizarre how widespread it is with very little consequence. Yeah, well, Uh, the other thing is I think the biggest myth that we have going right now is this idea of you can say it, but if you do, you might get fucked up. Like, I don't know about these other black people. I'm not going to jail for this shit. Mm-mm. That's a right. dumb ass reason to fuck my life I up. Fight for anything that anyone said. <laughs> right. Ever. Like the, the way I look at it is I might not fuck with you anymore. Like we, right. we won't hang out. We might not be cool no but more. I'm definitely not fighting you. That's, that's like people. I hate when like, um, and you know, black people feel like, you know, emotional and they say it, but I, like, I, like whenever my friends said, I always pull my friends aside. Like, all right, man, but for real. Um, we can't be hitting people for saying the N word because um, that's a dumbass reason. I'm not putting the bail up for you if you go if you tell me I'm in here. Some kid said the N word and I went the fuck off. I'll be like, aren't you 34, dude? Ain't that's true. like, aren't you supposed? To, don't you have work tomorrow? Like, yeah, this is a dumb reason. People just not fight anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, like, aren't you an adult? You know, what I mean, like, I I worked in the theater community for a long time, and so I got called faggot a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, if somebody would yell like, hey, you know, if I was walking with like my gay friends, someone would say, be like, hey, you know, you faggot, I'd be like. Yep, I'm that faggot that's walking this way. I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna fight you about it. Right, you know? it ain't worth like, it. It's just, not like they say that with a term endearment. It's probably like that's the other thing is the person that says that if you can't have a just a quick conversation of like because I've done that before where like because uh, I I play basketball at the YMCA and it's a pretty upper class YMCA so even the black kids and white kids there come from like a background where I'm not gonna say race isn't important it is but it's not as important it's not a divide for them yeah as much as it was for me like when it's like these kids grew up socializing a certain way so they're going to like school with these kids their whole lives these are their friends the most real um the most real interaction they have with the n-word is through music film like not an actual like well this is my family this is my neighborhood and you don't come from this neighborhood so don't use this shit it's like no i live next door to you i use it so you can use it and I will see that happen. And I had a couple times where, like, because the white kid grew up around these black kids and not me, obviously, uh, he'd be like, they'd say it to me. And I'd be like, hey, man, here's the thing, man. Uh, don't say it to me because it's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> don't. And, and then he, they'd be right. like, they'd be like, well, well, I mean, if I say it, what are you going to do? Because they're kids. So they're going to ask, you know, like, I didn't take disrespect from them asking it. They really meant, like, what, what will happened? happen? Like, are you going to threaten me? Are you going to hurt me? Or something? I was like, <laughs> no. no. I'm like, not going to put my hands on you or anything like that, but you. we won't be cool. That's all I said. I didn't say other black people are going to come in and beat you up. No, me and you, you will be a dick. That's it. The own your offensive. Yeah. It's everything I say that's offensive on this show. All I say is own it. Just yeah, be like, just own it. I said something fucked up. I knew it was fucked up when I said it. If I'm not, if I, if I'm in it, I, I can't really apologize. I did mean the shit. So I just own it. And I just have to walk away and be like, some people are going to go, Rod's a dick. That dude said cunt seven times on the fucking show. And cunt is my trigger word. Other people are going right. to be like, cunt, that's the funniest fucking thing I heard all day. I love that dude. So you just got to own it, man. Um, that and means- there's no, and there's really no like, uh, equ- like equation of, you know, one word equals another. Like I, I just real like, m- 
me saying like the faggot example, that doesn't, it still doesn't equate because like right. the words have such different connotations. Like yes. uh, all offensive, some words will be offensive to some people. Other words will not be offensive to other people. Right. And it, it is what it is. I just am surprised by the widespread amongst the youth how cool the word is and and, and the, uh, the media wants to like discuss it is funny to me and because they capitalize on that right, fact. right they're like yo right. everybody's talking about should you be able to say this or not it's like they looked at everyone's facebook page and they right found right? Right? it's like they found I bet you they did they're, they're like yo home <laughs> internet it's like we need to have a special on this one wretched fan 10101 <laughs> said the n-word once you know right. and then like uh Oh, is that cool or not? You know, like, <laughs> and you know, so I didn't even watch this shit because you know, oh, at the no. end of whatever the hour or thirty minutes, you know, they don't come to a conclusion. You know, it's not like you can't wrap up centuries of fucking like uh, oppression, discrimination, prejudice, racial relationships into an hour oh, and walk away and be like, "Well, we talked about it, and I think we got it wrapped no. up, guys." Uh, and here's the thing about that special, and this was my uh, my other thing. Uh, somebody brought it up in the chat. I don't know who, and I yeah. otherwise I shout you out someone brought up there was a there was a poll at the bottom of it where it said which do you think is more offensive the n-word or cracker like which <laughs> which is worse what kind of comparison you know? is that i mean i hate to be ignorant when i say that but no you no, know why no, they have to say it's it though not, it's not ignorant at right all. i mean i ended up so i directed raisin in the sun at mm. my high school and uh, it was the first like all black cast in my county's history and i got a lot of complaints from white parents that there weren't enough opportunities for white students <laughs> and you know like all sorts of wow. things like this right uh, so i all of this was happening and they say the n-word in raisin in the sun and then they say cracker a few times right. in uh, raisin in the sun and i absolutely got more complaints about cracker right than i did about the n-word yeah is that like, is I that proof said they were like well if it's black people saying the n-word then it's okay but black people saying cracker no 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 right not a is that it's, it's a false equivalence <laughs> like it's a false equivalence for one that just completely loses yeah. all context of history and shit but the other part of it i think that uh is it recognized it's like um white people do feel like well not all white people but in general obviously i'm talking in mass white people do feel like some type of resentment and anger or whatnot uh to, to a degree and they do feel discriminated but it's the discrimination of losing shit not really the discrimination of having shit taken from, from you, you you know like it's a well we used to have all the jobs why the fuck you gotta come work in my business like well i mean i know you're mad but you do realize your anger is not equal to the anger of i never could get a job and now finally got one like it's a little you know it's not really a one-to-one trade-off it's like that's the funniest thing so when you end the poll with uh yeah nigger and cracker which one's which one's worse it's like yeah there's a guy that they wrote the n word versus cracker cracker. (laughs) they wrote it that way wow they weren't answering their own question (laughs) the word you cannot (laughs) ever 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 say and we would never do is that worse than cracker because uh i'm eight one this morning c star 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 (laughs) er yeah like (laughs) as if that would be a thing that's that's where they that's where white people really fucked up back in the past though when they came up with nigger they really needed to come up with something else named nigger too that's why we keep getting cracker because like you can eat crackers and you can call people cracker, but you can't <laughs> eat. <laughs> right. They needed yeah, something else. Crackers are great in my soup. I can't speak for anything Yeah, else. they should have like named a bird that or something. <laughs> like just, 
the keep in your back pocket, man. They weren't planning ahead, man. No, they didn't see the future. You know? Um, <laughs> they weren't thinking long term. No, yeah. no long term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, we got news here and stuff to cover. Um, the first, first, uh, thing of news that I saw was, uh, there was a story that nobody's covering. Apparently, 46 sex slaves got rescued in Mexico. 46? I know, man. Like, Charles Ramsey's record did not stand long. No, it did not. That, what was that, a month ago he saved three girls? And I was like, good, good God, man, you're a brave dude. But 46, man. It was all in one spot? Uh, let me play the... I'm cool. I'm they were all standing together like in a big huddle. Yes, in one room, and somebody opened up the door. Come on, let's run, let's go. They came out in the Congo line. Yes. Uh, let me play this article. See if we can get some sound. Mexican authorities called the operation a rescue. They say 46 women were being held against their will at a strip club in Mexico City, including 19 foreigners. The women were allegedly forced to work at a club called Cadillac High Class that was raided by Mexican federal police agents over the weekend. The Mexican Attorney General's office is investigating the incident as a human trafficking case. Forty people were detained and 14 of them now face charges of human trafficking with the purpose of sexual exploitation. Authorities did not disclose the nationalities of the foreigners who were allegedly being exploited at the nightclub. Back in 2011, Mexico City's Human Rights Commission described human trafficking figures in the Mexican capital as alarming. A new law enacted by the Mexican Congress last year makes human trafficking a federal crime punishable by up to 40 years in prison. Wait, they just passed that last year? Is that what you said? Yep. And so did they just say only 40 years in prison for <laughs> yep. sex trafficking? Yep, and, and, yep and, and I'm going to tell you why. Because most of the victims are women. And it's just something about vaginas that people just don't care nothing about. I like that he said, because this is the second time this happened. Yesterday it was uh, police officers in Florida having oh, forced sex. sex. And then they went on to name other charges. I'm like, uh, you lead with, the, I think rape is the right word there mm-hmm. to get everyone's attention. Yeah. Um, and then this dude just slid the, a uh, year ago, we finally passed the don't be raping bitches law. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, stick with that first case we had of this. So, uh, no more sex slaves, guys, in case you hadn't get your notice in the mail. You know, that's such a, that's such a good for you law <laughs> where like they passed it and they all like high fived one another. They were like, Oh, we did it. We did it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it is that thing. Good that, for you, um, ladies. Good for you. Like I know, I know we're not. We've done good here today. I know <laughs> we're not supposed to say it because you know we're America, but you know, obviously, I feel our country is the best and better than everybody else's. Um, but when you read about other places and the law they're passing is like, so no more sex slaves, right? And you're like, yeah, we uh, we we're we're ahead of them, you know, like. Uh, we just got the gay marriage thing worked on a little bit here. We got a couple states that are, that are, that are being able to do that. But, uh, we did pass the no sex slave thing a minute ago. I so, hope so good for us. You know, that law's been on the books for a while. Um, well, really, uh, I'm, I'm surprised that the, that the Mexico, uh, sex trafficking people, they were, they were stupid enough to take Liam Neeson's daughter, which is why they got caught in the yeah, first place. That's you know? true. That was the problem. And the thing is, he didn't even mean to free those other 45 girls. Cause, uh, Anybody just that good. Yeah, anybody seen Taken One, he gave less than a fuck about any girl that wasn't his daughter. Oh. Why do, why do you think they greenlit Taken Three like a week ago? They probably knew that story was coming. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to take $20 million from Fox Studios. Um, yes. Jay-Z 
was throwing shots at Lil Wayne on his new song La Familia, which I have not heard yet, and I don't think anybody's heard yet. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, unless you maybe have that app or something. That I don't Samsung know. app. According to this, the the lyrics uh got released via the Samsung app. So I don't know what that app is. Is it like giving people the actual tracks, or just like here's the lyrics to a song you can't listen to until you buy the album? Because I would not buy a phone for this. No, I thought they were supposed to get the whole album because if I'm not mistaken, they wasn't going to give him credit for that. But then they turned around actually giving him credit for all those sales. Yeah, for those sales. You get like a 30-day so voucher or something. You better not get a million a million sales for no, for no read-along. Well, on the two on the short two-verse track, Hove addresses Rock Nation Sports being probed by the NFL as well as an investigation by the FBI. His most controversial bars on the new song, however, are seemingly aired at Lil Wayne. Back in 2011, Weezy spat a threat to kidnap Beyonce on the track It's Good on the Carter Four album. Uh, by the way, best thing about that song is Drake is on it. And Drake, you can tell, wanted nothing to do with any of that shit that Lil Wayne was talking about. Oh, no. Like he, his, ain't, he ain't about that life. His verse is so non-confrontational. It's like, hey, I don't have no problems with nobody. Everybody leave me alone, please. Um, Did he we'll, sing it? Uh, probably I don't know, but Lil Wayne is tr- straight up. What was shit. the lyric? Does it say what the lyric was? Uh, let me see. Um, t- 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 is there anything? Oh, less relevant it was about Jay Z throwing a diss at somebody. It <laughs> like, really like. Well, you know what it is. Um, it matters when Jay Z disses somebody back. I think because he gets like people try to take shots at him all throughout his career and. Yep. Uh, most of the time he doesn't say shit which, at all he lets it slide yeah which i always kind of dug like that's it like i think the average person does not understand the discipline it takes to not say shit I, yes because like, we all are free sure. to say whatever we want to we go on our twitters no one's monitoring us it doesn't become a news story you know we want again we also aren't multi-millionaires yes. yeah but you know what the it would help <laughs> i think you think of money I'd pull the, up that wells fargo app and be like Oh, that's why. You think of money the exact opposite way I think of money. Because that gives me enough money to talk shit about anybody. Like, fair. Totally that, fair. Like, oh, do you know how fucking petty I would be, Russell, if I was a millionaire? Oh, y'all ain't seen shit. As petty as you want. No one yeah. can touch you. What are you going to fucking do? Like, oh, I wish. And you? No, no chance. <laughs> I have nothing but time to work on these fucking petty grievances. Oh. I just think think that jay-z dissing someone uh, i treat it like my dad dissing someone yeah he is oh but he's like an old dude dissing someone you know like who cares he's an old man like why why are old men it's just like what we were kind of talking about earlier old people shouldn't get into fights you're yeah. old well he's you're not old. gonna he's not gonna physically fight him but i do like the idea no. of talking like if a dude talked about your wife and kidnapping her and shit I don't know, man. I feel like that's hard to that take was, line down. Did Lil Wayne say that? Yeah, he said, talking about baby mommy money, talking about baby money, I got your baby money, kidnap your bitch, get that, get that how you, how much you love your lady money. So basically talking that about, a, that was about Jay-Z? Yeah, it was about kidnapping Beyonce because, um, it's Jay, so vague. Yeah, well, Jay-Z said on a line earlier that, uh, his, that his lady got uh because ba- you know baby the the producer sure, and, sure, sure. yeah he was talking about how he has more money than like jay-z or something and jay-z you know keeping it money on the you know also bragging was saying like uh don't worry about baby money he ain't even got my lady's money 
So that was like, you know, the. Oh, so it was like a direct response mm-hmm. to a previous. It was a callback. I got right. You. So, uh, that, that was what Lil Wayne said. And, uh, I guess Jay Z waited a couple years because it's 2013 now. Um, and finally decided to, uh, to address it. He said, want to kidnap wifey? Good luck with that, bruh. You must gotta, you must gonna hide your whole family. What you think we wearing black for? So obviously, um, Jay Z is still killing people. Also. <laughs> Yeah, that's now see that. That's the best you can come up with. You had two years to come up with a response. Mm-hmm. See, that's the other uh, thing is, I have a theory that any Jay Z lyric read out of context is not that good. But when he says it, I I, I don't know. I like it. Like, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, is like if you told me some shit like "Hola, Jovito," I'll be like, that's terrible. <laughs> but then when Jay Z say it, I'll be like, yeah, I fucks with that song. So don't give me the line. Michael shirts at the black shows. Yeah. Black shoes at the white shows. <laughs> I like Jesus it. Christ. He said, he had one song where he said some shit like one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, something. I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, I fuck with that. That's a nursery rhyme and I fuck with it because Jay Z said it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you if that, you know, it's like the Superman shit. That's what I wanted to hear. Bitsy spider went up the water spout. Um, oh, down came the rain and watched the spider out. Um, but see, that rhymes, though. I think sometimes <laughs> his shit doesn't even rhyme. He just, like, says whatever he wants. He, he's so... He doesn't give a shit anymore. Like, the things I root for in life are so fucked up, but that is one of the things I root for, is not giving a fuck money. Like, By the way, I want to throw out there right now, because you know it's a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Just announced J.J. Reddick to the Los Angeles Clippers, four years, 27 milli. Oh, it's about that ring. Mm-hmm. You gonna size him up for that ring? JJ! That- oh, JJ is my boy. I've loved JJ. You gonna size him up for that six man over Jamal Crawford or not yet? Six man? Mm-hmm. JJ's gonna start. Oh, shit! JJ's starting. They're gonna keep bringing Jamal off the bench. Jamal doesn't play any goddamn defense. He don't play no D. Doc Rivers is the new coach. You think he's gonna start Jamal Crawford on the goddamn Doc Rivers Clippers? Give me a break. JJ plays defense. Alright, I, I like this. I like where this start. is going. Uh, this is a good agenda building. Uh, between uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. going to the Bulls today <laughs> and J.J. Reddick going to the Clippers, it's a good day to be a Duke White person. Mm-hmm. It is a good day to be a Duke White person. Once Josh McRobert signs with somebody, then it's going to be all over. Speaking of which, what do you think about Zeller, man, going to the Bobcats? That's an insane pick. That's an mm. insane pick. I would have uh, – and, I mean, you know me. I watch – hundreds and hundreds of hours of college basketball. I watch an insane amount of college basketball. I would have put Cody Zeller, maybe, (laughs) that's a good point, the wound god. It is not ever a bad day to be a Duke White person. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, I would have put Zeller maybe in the top ten. If they had picked him around, you know, maybe as high as nine, I would have thought I can see the value, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but picking him at four when, uh, Nerlens is on the table, it's obvious Charlotte's not going to win next year anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted Nerlens and I also wanted Macklemore. Here, go to the lotto again. You know, that's an easy choice or go Macklemore. They're probably going to lose Gerald Henderson anyway. <laughs> like somebody's going to outbid him, you know, uh, and, and take him to another team. Take Macklemore, start him at the two. Macklemore is a future all-star in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was flabbergasted. I was laughing my ass off because I said on OK Player, the most hilarious thing that's going to happen, calling it right now, Michael Jordan's going to pick Cody Zeller 
take him to the Bobcats. And then the shit came true, and I couldn't have been more excited. Well, uh, here's how I feel about that pick now. Um, I hated it when they made it. And, uh, I said I didn't even want to be a Bobcats fan anymore. And I don't, I'm not calling them the Hornets until they get an all-star caliber talent on the team. Um, and, uh, if I, I am, if I'm still the Hornets. A, if I'm still a fan, I might even just go be a Lakers fan or something else. Cause fuck it. They but, um, I slept on it and, uh, woke up and I said, wait a minute. Hold up. Let me do my research. Uh, Cody Zeller got the, the, the biggest ver- vertical of everybody in the fucking, uh draft camp this year i didn't know that i do know he can run the floor and i do know he rebounded he can shoot that's what's up he's he's probably the second best runner of big men outside of Plumley in the draft he's I, I and, he is by far the most skilled big man in his draft he has he has a softer touch than probably anybody Maybe Olenek comes close, but uh, yeah, oh, I, anybody, guy. anybody American, or you know, I don't know these. Sure. These people coming from the other countries, I don't trust any of these picks because <laughs> the motherfuckers. Olenek's Canadian. That's yeah, close I don't, enough. No, I don't even trust Canadians, dog. I don't even trust the first pick with the Canadian. That dude's from Canada, and people don't know it. Um, I I panicked. I panicked when they picked Bennett because my boy Kyrie has to play with Bennett now. Mm-hmm. Bennett was my one guy. I watched UNLV games in which UNLV would miss the shot and the other team would go back and start their offense and literally you could count like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, and then Bennett would get back down the court. Yeah. Like Bennett's that dude when you would play street ball who would like to hang out around half court just in case there was going to be a fast break. Get a dunk. So that then you could pass the ball to him and he was just like, hey, I'm already here. You right. know, he's that guy. Will he you say, really why you not, will you go, why, why you not boxing your man out? He's like, I'm on the break. And you're like, motherfucker, it's not a break if they scoring. Ah, sure late. Like, what? Put your ass on the band. He's on break fitness too. He's a fat motherfucker <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not svelte. He's not, uh, he's not fit. Right. So, I agree. Uh, um, I'm, so. I'm I, concerned. But, uh, I like the Zeller pick and I think, uh, Rich Cho, who made the pick, uh, Everybody, you know, whenever we make a pick in the draft, everybody says it's Jordan. But let's be honest. Uh, Michael Jordan hasn't watched the draft since. Of course. Since Kwame Brown got drafted. Like he's, he doesn't <laughs> he even know. Yeah. He, he doesn't know who, if you said, if you stopped Michael Jordan right now and said, name five Bobcats, I got a hundred dollars oh, that he can't. I got a hundred dollars that he can't do. Like, so I don't even, like people keep. No, he come to the games drunk. No. I feel like he going to be saying stuff like, what's that boy? Uh, you, you know, know that boy. The white boy. We just got him. The white boy. What's his name? <laughs> ah. Oh, He's man. He's the brother of the, uh, of the Tar Heel. <laughs> the brother of the, uh, the one that played, you know, with my school. Like, I, I thought, just talk to him today. He won a championship. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> I can't. He has that championship blood. He has that championship blood. <laughs> yeah. You know. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I had my Asian pick him out. He doesn't know shit, dude. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I don't even like, like, I, so once I got over that, cause like my first instinct is always Michael Jordan had something to do with this. And then, uh, like I said, I went and looked up the paper and shit. I didn't know this motherfucker was shooting like fucking 60% in college. And, um, I didn't know he could shoot jumpers. I don't know if it was that high, but he, he's a good shooter. According to he's the just, press, smart. according to the Bobcats press release, 
that they sent in our email box it was like 59 percent or some shit i was like what <laughs> okay i was like what the? maybe was, last year potentially last year that's yeah true. they I mean, might have been last I'll year say that zeller i think he could be a serviceable pro i don't have a problem with zeller on an nba roster yeah i have a problem with picking him at number four when nerlens noel who i think could be a future all-star and ben mclemore who i think could be a future all-star are both still on the board so why did I mean, so many bananas. teams why did so many teams pass on noel even the team that drafted him just immediately traded him I mean, uh, I would think of it this way. Uh, if you want to win next year, you can't pick your first draft pick as somebody who may not come back until as early as January. And probably more realistically, it's February, maybe even early March before Noel comes back. So teams like Cleveland and Washington, uh, they believe they can win next year. You know, they they believe they have a legitimate shot at going and being like maybe the eight seed next year. And plus they have people like John Wall, Kyrie Irving, they have stars on their team that they want to make happy. Mm. Right? Uh even even like New Orleans Hornets, I mean, uh they thought with Jeru Holiday and with the people that they could pick up that they would potentially be able to make a push for like an eight seed, you know, even in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh a team like Philadelphia has uh, zero interest in uh, doing anything other than tanking next year. I mean, there are a couple of teams that I think have zero interest in doing anything other than tanking. That would be Phoenix. That would be Philadelphia. That would be a Charlotte again, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, and and if and if Boston gets rid of Rondo, then obviously Boston as well. You know, uh, they're trying they're trying to tank for what should be a very top heavy and very talented. Uh, draft class next year. I don't think it's as deep as people think, but the top four or five people unquestionably could be franchise types. So I think that New Orleans saw an opportunity to get some real value to win next year. Uh, and then the, like the Suns, the Suns even went with Alex Lynn. They can't be thinking they're going to be back next year. Like, I'm, I mean, like, some, a, some's up with Noel is all I'm saying. I'm not going to, like, I won't be surprised if, uh, he's, uh, you know, Greg Oden, and I won't be surprised if he's Kevin Garnett. Like, I can see why risk averse teams or risk averse GMs would avoid him. I'll put it that way. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna say I, the I dude's think, trash I think he's got or nothing. A better chance than, I think he's got a better chance than Lynn, but I think that Lynn is, uh, if, if you're trying to be safer, I guess, Lynn is not a bad pick because you can't teach how big Lynn is. Yeah, you know, like Noel will never be as big as Alex Lynn is. Yeah. So you know, if you're already trying to tank, you want to pick the guy who's seven foot two sixty, who you know generally is pretty high percentage. Who, when he played Nerlens Noel this year, crushed him. Yeah. Who, when he played Plumley this year, two times out of three, crushed him. Yeah. You know, uh, there's just there's more evidence on the board that Lynn has what it takes to be uh, an NBA pro. I still personally prefer Nerlens, mm. uh, and I think that nowadays with ACLs, you can make it work, and I would have picked him, but uh, I also understand putting Alex Lynn over him on the board. I'm so thankful Cleveland did not pick Alex Lynn. That would have been uh, not good either. That yeah, would have been I, mean, I don't think he's going to come back till late next year either. Yeah, but I'm just letting people know. We'll get more to it on Balls Deep on Friday, but um, I'm, I'm all on board with the Zeller pick. Uh, the thing that was funny okay. is when we did our draft preview, the main thing I said about Zeller, cause he was in my slept on players bracket was, uh, he going to be good and annoying. And I'm all there mm-hmm. for that. I'm all there 
for dudes that play way too hard in the NBA. <laughs> I, I like who's, who's Charlotte's who's Charlotte's starting five next year. Uh, MKG. Hopefully we get Henderson back. Uh, probably still have fucking um, what uh, not being Kimba. Go, go, yeah, Kimba at the point. Um, and I'm guessing we're gonna go with at the four. We'll go with Zeller, and at the five, Bismack. Um, at least those are the five key guy young dudes i want to see on the court and we are tanking so there's no fucking reason that's a tank yeah there's no fucking reason those guys shouldn't be out there getting minutes like that's true why would you even re-sign hendo like why would you re-sign him um it'll depend man like because the the thing is um they want to tank but look good and hendo actually look good it's it's really up to him though like if if i was him i wouldn't want to come back here but no. If I'm us, I want to have him around because I feel like if I'm Rich Cho, I don't want to lose that dude because he could be a piece that matters later on. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's way Didn't too. Didn't throw a lot at Ben Gordon? Doesn't he have a lot of money? Nah, uh, it was like a one year contract, I think. Wow. Let me look oh, that he, up. Oh, he he upped. He he oh, had he, the he, uh, player option, and <laughs> so he picked it up for what it was like twelve million, fourteen million, something insane. The old player option, huh? <laughs> old player option yes oh 13.2 i just saw that oh shit god damn damn. (laughs) big gordon big gordon making that cake oh is this is this his last year then uh yeah one year option yeah we'll probably steals 13 million from them like unless he balls out of control this year yeah i mean well they'll probably trade his expiring contract somehow like I don't know. I trust Cho, man. I trust Cho. So I'll leave it at that. I like. Hey, I, I just think, I think it's not that Zeller's a bad pick. I think that it's bad because of position and because of who came after. Well, the main bad. problem, the main problem that most people have with Zeller, and I'll just go out and say it, cause it, I, this is the problem I had. He white and I was being racist and I apologize everybody. I was wrong. I shouldn't have been racist to that dude. I didn't know he was the best athlete in the motherfucking, um, draft. Cause uh-huh. I just looked at him and it was like, that's a big ass fast running white dude. And then it was like, yeah, he can jump out the gym. And then I finally went to YouTube and watched some of his tapes and I was like, Oh damn, he was ducking on niggas. What? When did this shit happen? So I think, uh-huh. I think if Mason Plumley can get a softer touch to his little to his little like hook shot that he's mm. got if mason Plumley can get a softer touch he'll be better than cody yeah we'll I, see because i think mason i think mason is just as good as uh his, an athlete as cody his handles faster than cody his handles and passing ain't fucking with cody's um but yeah Mason's passing is great nah it's not fucking with cody dog i see him making passes in the open like on the open floor dribbling and shit he's seven feet dog that's if crazy I, if you're picking cody zeller at number four you want him to be kevin love do um, you think cody zeller could be kevin love we'll see man rich cho does and that's all that matters all right uh-huh. um and i'm all sizing right. it everything he do good i'm sizing uh former mtv video jackie kennedy claims in her new book that michael jordan tried to win her virginity by playing a sexually charged game of dice back in the 90s this is not a Chappelle skit uh, that's what the article says no i say it's not a Chappelle. Oh, okay this, I, I thought i said damn what kind of article is this that shit really happened michael jordan would and you know and i believe it because michael jordan would pick the most plain jane white woman of the the host of v of, of of mtv back in the day like they had some fine chicks coming through there and he picks the one that nobody wants to fuck i don't i don't get you it think, you think when uh when michael jordan said that to kennedy she took her glasses and went like and did like the little like peek over like this yeah <laughs> she probably did 
Also, for those who are just listening and not looking at the video, I lowered some pantomime glasses and looked over them. Is anything <laughs> less sexy than uh, a fucking dice game of, over for fucking like a dice? It's not strip poker. It's it's There's nothing like, sexy about that at all. It's, I, I, I fucking play in some dice. Oh, you better not crap out, girl. You have to give up that pussy. Um. But yeah, she was <laughs> she was having dinner with NBA legend Russell Simmons. NBA legend Russell Simmons. That what? got that wrong. <laughs> what? When when did he when did he play? Uh, uh suddenly maybe because he maybe because he uh, had some deaf jams. <laughs> some deaf dunks. I shouldn't encourage that by laughing. Uh, but it, but I did. That was a good joke. You can laugh at that. That's <laughs> was, a good joke. It was. I quite enjoyed it. In a New York in New York City, when Jordan allegedly suggested a game of dice, Kennedy, real name Lisa Kennedy Montgomery, claims Jordan then decided it was time to play for something. Adding, "If I win, you come back to my hotel room tonight." The bespectacled alternative nation VJ says she was terrified about losing her virginity to MJ who she thought was extremely well endowed because he would eviscerate me from the inside out. She doesn't sound terrified at all. She sounds excited. <laughs> She's, she, and also who she was talking to Kennedy recently. Right. Who was talking to Kennedy that was like, so uh, do you have anything that uh, is relevant that you'd like to share? <laughs> Michael, <You know? laughs> Michael Jordan tried to get in these guts. That's what I got to share. And I was a virgin. Uh, squirming out of the awkward moment, Kennedy suggested that they play for New York Knicks tickets instead, which is always a downfall of all women because they always want something. <laughs> Just get up and leave with your respect. But nope, you got to get something. She says Jordan Have didn't Virginity rem- taken by Michael Jordan versus Nick tickets. Yes. And she said. <laughs> so then, but here's even better, Russ. She says Jordan oh. then reminded her that he was married. And offer her New Jersey Nets tickets as a consolation prize. Oh, oh. man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. By the way, on the cover of her memoir, she's naked. Um, and she's not a bad looking chick, but she I, ain't my type of I don't want to see her naked is the thing. Yeah. Hey, it just, it says more about Michael Jordan than it says about her. Uh, ain't that the truth? Um, he was probably just trying to fuck anybody who was moderately famous. Yeah, maybe that's he it. Was like, wait, he was like, wait, who are you? Oh, you were on MTV? All right, let's, let's do it then. See, I feel like Michael Jordan's on that Tiger Woods shit where he's just like, uh, five, sixes, whatever, I fuck them all. Like, she white, right? I think those, I think those Tiger Woods chicks looked better than Kennedy. Uh, I think they For did some, too. I think they did too. But, uh, some of them didn't. You know what I'm saying? I just think. Like I said, I feel like if I was that type of white dude that doesn't want brothers fucking with my chick, I'm much more scared of a Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods because they have no standards, you know? <laughs> like it's and like then they'll come out to your girl too. They yeah, don't care. Like they'll try to fuck your mom. They don't give a fuck, man. It's like, uh, where you work at? Denny's? Mm, I'm gonna hit that. Like, what? You're supposed to be Michael Jordan, dude. Yeah, two, four, five, and six all on me and these pancakes. <laughs> right. That's why he that's that's why he was playing dice, because they only go up to six. Yep. <laughs> Um, so, so uh good. after the alleged encounter ended um she uh she she ended it by winning the dice game anyway so her virginity was safe and um she she called yeah and she calls the title of uh, the chapter title of about michael jordan is called mj and the vj so 
it's a whole chapter. Mm-hmm. How fucking ridiculous is this? Oh, uh, and and also, what I want to know, who did she lose her virginity to? Brian Austin Green? Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Like, like, what happened? What was the follow-up to that? You she can... turned down losing her virginity to Michael Jordan. So... Who who got that? Who got who was the runner up prize? She could have I mean? at least got the discrimination prize. Didn't knock that shit out. I mean, what happened? She could have at least got a story out of it, you know. And now she's gonna have to. There's no chapter about the dude who actually hit it. I'm sure. Um, all right, man. It's time we got Russ on the show, and it's about time to end it. But we cannot end without playing the game that is sweeping the nation, driving everyone crazy. It's guess the race. That's right. Okay. It's where we read articles and play clips for of news articles to the guest and we have them and the chat room plays along and try to guess the race of the people involved here's our first one a brooklyn new york couple wouldn't let that time when she shot him in the face get in the way of love oh my mm-hmm. two can now read the two can now rekindle their romance after the gun woman was cleared wednesday on the most serious charge against her Evelyn Barnave, 43 years old, dodged an attempted murder rap for shooting her boyfriend, Randolph Costa, 59, after the, after her love struck beau testified from, <laughs> during the bench trial that it was all an accident. But Barnave was still convicted of reckless assault and can be sentenced, uh, anywhere from seven, wow, from probation to seven years in prison. But, uh, she had faced 25 years on the top count. Uh, we're only guessing the race of Evelyn Barnave, the shooter involved in this. That was going to be my first question. Are these people the same race or different races? I don't have a picture of the guy, so I'm going with just okay. her. Evelyn Barnay. Uh, and, uh, and what, what were the, uh, what was the, uh, potential year count in prison that she was facing? 25 was the year count. Um, but okay. she, she only got, uh, seven. Uh, but no, now the charges, she can only get up to seven now. But the original charge was She can up only to get 25. up to seven, but initially she was charged, uh, with potentially 25. Mm-hmm. It got lowered to seven. That leads me to white. All right, let's check the chat room. Black, someone type the N word and see. No, you can't say the N word in the chat anymore. Aquarium backed orange seller. Ha! <laughs> ah! Oh. Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. I think. She is Latina, rolling tortillas between her legs on the stoop in the barrio Christ. Latina. Uh, the correct answer is black. It was a black lady. Oh, damn it. Mm-hmm. It was a black lady. Sorry, Russ. Uh, better luck on the next one. I thought the, I thought the reduction of potential, uh, you know, jail time. I thought that, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe that's just my total lack of faith in the, uh, justice system i would have thought if it was a black woman they would have tried to try her all for 25 and increased it i feel you i understand your deductive reasoning that's exactly right they knocked too many years off for me to think that it was black apparently you weren't racist enough a tampa man tampa florida old florida oh florida a tampa man is facing animal cruelty charges after he allegedly killed his family's pet dog and then cut the animal up for black black? okay killed i don't need to hear the rest of it all right i'll give i'll I'll read it for the chat room they may need more information Then he cut the animal up for future meals. Oh. Investigators. Oh, now, wait a minute. That's interesting. I might change my vote. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, you, you almost have to, you have to wonder what the process is. Like, do you individually wrap that? Do you freeze it? Like, what is, wow. you know, did he skin it? Ground that. A little too psychotic. If it was just like, you know, killing an, uh, a dog or whatever, like, I was, gonna, I was just going to be like, white people don't kill dogs. Mm-hmm. 
yeah it doesn't happen that was the dumbest thing in superman was his, his father <laughs> died for not a dog. dogs but at the same time <laughs> chopping up sounds like some white people shit mm. investigators say 25 year old thomas elliot huggins strangled the young pit bull mix pup on thursday morning then chopped the animal into quarters and put the remains in the freezer Wow, what was he do? Saving it up for some ground well, dog yeah, beef you know the what, next Karen? day? Will we make him doggy spaghetti? You have to appreciate a man that doesn't just throw it all in Doggy trash, jerky. You know? He saves all the pieces. <laughs> yes, you know, come in. That smells good in the crock pot. What is that, yo dog? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going to have to change my vote. I'm going to go with a uh, super redneck Tampa white person. All right. A, fl- a family member called the police after learning what happened. Arriving it's not a out. Duke white person. It's a redneck white person. Duke people don't live in Tampa. Right. Come on, Duke. We know rednecks go to NC State. Arriving officers <laughs> say they found the dog's ribs <gasps> cooked in a pot on the stove, and the animal's head was in the garbage. Oh shit! Mm. Now, was he barbecuing them? Now does that change your vote, your your mind anymore? Because <laughs> now he, now he's cooking just the ribs first. God damn! Yeah. Ah! No, 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 white. no! I'm sticking with I'm sticking with white. Totally sticking with white here. An investigator with the Hillsborough Animal Services tells Ten News that Huggins expert expertly cut the animal apart, and this may not be the first time he's done this. According to a arrest report, Huggins learned how to clean an animal from his mother and had done it in the past with squirrels and rabbits. Wow. No, that's white. That's white. <laughs> Come on, give me white people. Give me white people. Family members told <laughs> the police. Family members told the police Huggins' behavior had been getting progressively worse over the past several years. His mother claims the problems began when Huggins was smoking some weed five years earlier and something happened. She's unsure if there was something in the marijuana, but that after Huggins, that after that Huggins flipped out and hasn't been the same since. He's taken into custody, charged with inhumane and cruel killing of a dog, is currently in jail on $2,000 bond. Uh, animal control took possession of the remains. Uh, Russ is going white. Let's check the chat room and see what they do. If, this is if, a pretty. If, he had, if they had said whippets, I would have been far more convinced. That it was white. <laughs> All right. If they had said whippets, I would have. I would have been convinced. Uh, I'm like a good eighty percent white here. All right. Okay. Chat room says redneck, a Duke white person, white eight yeah. eight fifty credit score. Aww. White Jeffrey. Did you just say animal lector? That person just said animal lector. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll get into that. Hold on, Jeffrey Dahmer white. <laughs> Turning on the family to get justice for a dog, white. Oh, uh, I'm gonna need y'all. Oh wait, we ate dog ribs with him. Oh. <laughs> we ate ribs with the dude. Uh, cleaning squirrels, white, whiter than one of Russell's family reunions. <laughs> Jeffrey, that's pretty white. That's pretty white. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's half Asian cousin, animal lector, white possum stew to creepy ass cracker. Correct answer is black. Oh, it was oh damn it. I, I, I thought it was white too. <laughs> I'm going, yes, it's white too. But you can see the picture, Karen. I, I think I missed that picture. You stacked the deck too hard. You stacked the deck too hard. You led me to believe immediately. So, so my first impulse was right. But then you stacked the deck. You, you said all these things. I thought it was one of those like Howie Mandel on the uh, deal. <laughs> I just you know, read Regis, Regis Philbin going like, are you sure that that is your final answer? <laughs> I just read the article, man. I'm just as shocked as you. I, I see because he clips on, he he uh, checks his own different articles. So I was just listening to him read and I was like, 
Yeah, I think that is. Wait a minute, it ain't. <laughs> I'll just read the Tampa article. Tampa has so many redneck white people, too. Tampa is filled with crazy white people. Damn yeah, it. that's crazy, man. Nah, I, I thought the nah. ribs were a dead giveaway. Nah, if they no, said... Shout out to Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, thought you were trying, I thought you were trying to lead me down a wrong path there. Nah, <laughs> nah, if they just said he used Texas Pete... You know, Uncle Sam's barbecue sauce. Daddy said he has some chitlins on the side, you know, with, with some, with some homemade cornbread and hallmall. I'd have been like, okay, black. Right. Well, that's too, that's, now that's just not even fair. Ah! Uh, here's the last guest to race and then we'll do a sword ratchetness and end the show. Um, this is a man who got charged for killing a puppy in a dishwasher. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, play this news article for everybody. Kill man facing serious charges tonight. Police say the man put a puppy in a running dishwasher. This all happened at Eden at Water, Water's Edge Apartments on South Mendenhall Road, where neighbors told WREG's Melissa Moon they still cannot believe what they're hearing. The scattered dog food and a bone are the only evidence a puppy once lived at this apartment. It died, police say, after its owner did the unthinkable, put it in a dishwasher just like this one, and turned it on. It's horrible. Neighbors heard about the dog being found dead in a dumpster. They don't know its owner, Marcus Curry, but can't believe anyone could treat an animal that way. That's sick. Why would you do that? You know what I mean? You can wash the dishes with the dishwasher. Why we put a dog out? They might need to take dude to the hospital <laughs> instead of jail. He might have a little brain problem. Contractors doing work on this. I like the diagnosis there was he might have a little brain, brain problem. problem. <laughs> right? Mm. That's pretty good. Why we put a dog out? They might need to take dude to the hospital instead of jail. He might have a little brain problem. Contractors doing work on this property say they noticed the German Shepherd puppy on the balcony of this apartment for days tied up with a short cord and no water. They gave the dog water and told Curry he had to take better care of his dog. They say that's when he took the dog inside and an hour later came outside with a red duffel bag and put it in the dumpster. I said to myself, you know, I was just thinking, I said, that must be that dog. In there. Henry Jones is one of the contractors who tried to take care of the puppy and found it in the dumpster. I unzipped the bag, seen the dog, it was wet, so that's all I know about. Curry, now charged with animal cruelty, told police he put the puppy in the dishwasher oh, yeah, to keep right it from back. going to the all bathroom right. on the floor and left it in too long. Neighbors <gasps> say if Curry didn't want the dog, he should have given it to somebody who did. Yeah, it's a sickening thing. In Hickory Hill, Melissa Moon, WREG News Channel 3. Oh, wow. Because this is an ongoing investigation, Memphis Animal Services is not releasing any information about how exactly the puppy died. He died getting cleaned. He's yeah. Dishwasher. You probably watched too many episodes of CSI. He's like, they'll never find, be able to trace the print because I already cleaned it. You know what I mean? What type of cycle did he put the dog on? Right. It's a clean, it's a clean, clean getaway. <laughs> you think he put it on an air dryer? You think he probably put it on heavy. Up? Probably put it on heavy. Um, touched in the head. That's not a race. All right. So guess the race. Let's see. Hanging with Mr. Cooper Black. All Marcuses are black. Also black from Andre King, a Jamaican who didn't have a goat to curry. So he substituted a dog mean. Oh, niggas, says Nick Jew. Can I request a, a repeat of the city that this took place in? Memphis, Tennessee. A Memphis, Tennessee man named Marcus Curry, mm-hmm. who uh, lived in at least what sounded to be like a black neighborhood, mm-hmm. or at least the people who were interviewed in the uh, in the uh, the segment were black. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've got to go with my first impulse: puppy cruelty, usually not white 
because Ellen DeGeneres loves dogs. Okay. And thus, so do white people. Leonard Brother says Toya's cousin. That's black. Everybody Aww. knows Toya. And, uh, <laughs> the correct answer is, but like, he wasn't kissing his dog in the mouth, black. The correct answer is, <laughs> correct answer is black. The correct answer All right, is I black. got one. I got yeah. one. Yes. But, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you one more because. But double the points. You got, he got to yeah. have double the points for the racism. You got to get him back in. This is double the racism yeah. points. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. You got to get him back in the okay. game. You know, I don't want Russ leaving on a low note. So here we go. Okay. Here we go. An 18-year-old Gainesville man, oh, Florida, son of a bitch. An 18-year-old Gainesville man has been arrested and charged with attempted murder after deputies say he stabbed his 54-year-old father in the chest with a pocket knife because he wondered what it would feel like to kill a person. (gasps) Wow. You ever get curious? No. No? No. Okay. Um, Bamboo flute Blanchard. A bamboo flute. Bamboo flute banter. Are you serious? That's a, that's the name? That's his name. Wow. Was in Is the, that like a first name, then a middle name, then a last name? Bamboo first name, flute, middle yeah. name? Yes. Was in his family home on Tuesday evening when without warning he attacked his father who was lying down in the bedroom, according to a report released by the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. Sheriff's deputies and the Alachua County Fire Rescue responded to the scene of the stabbing. Well, they reported learn, reported learning that Bamboo's younger brother had been using the knife for another purpose before laying it down on his bed. Blanchard then picked up the knife and gazed at it while stating, I wonder what it would be like to take a life. Oh, did somebody hear him say this? Because at that moment, that person needs to be tackled something like, come on now. Blanchard then rubbed the knife on his chest near his heart and said he didn't think he could handle it. Blanchard then walked to his father's bedroom while being trailed by his younger brother and suddenly stabbed his father in the chest, deputies reported. Oh. Alachua County, County's fire rescue reported that the elder Blanchard, um, they took him to UF Health Shands Hospital where he told law enforcement he initially thought his son had punched him in the chest but looked down and saw he had been stabbed. According to the report, the father then refused to give a sworn written statement regarding the events. Bamboo Blanchard also refused to speak to deputies and only grunted during his interview. There were at least uh, two other kids in the home during the stabbing and deputies reported that they were left at the scene and in the care of their eldest brother. Guess the race of Bamboo Flute Blanchard of Gainesville. Jesus. Uh, I mean, my first impulse was white. My first impulse was white. Before you said Bamboo Flute Blanchard, now I, I don't want to... I don't want to go back on my initial impulse. One of the chat room people said, you know, a big mistake on Guess the Race is to go against your first impulse. So uh, even though the name is really throwing me here, and I feel like there's a curveball in here, like maybe maybe it's not white or black. There's like a there's a there's an alternate choice here. But uh, but I'm gonna have to go with white. That was just my initial impulse. I got to roll with it. All right. Jump off says Dexter. That's white. Has the highest pre- counts. has yeah. the highest prestige in all Call of Duty's games. Mayo White. Aww. Wiz Nye says Nick Jew for everybody watch Love and Hip Hop. White. Rod, stop scaring people that come to come from Florida. No, that's what I'm trying to do is scare them to get out of Florida. In April. Ah. And also, reality. If reality is scary for me reading these news stories that I did not make up, uh, that should be enough. You don't need me to find to tell you this. 
a cracker who wishes he could say the n-word <laughs> asian He's in gainesville probably not wrong right he probably can <laughs> probably does asian white whittling bamboo flute maker and super white super white <laughs> that's is, that's is a first as as simple as I'm that one that, is. i'm glad that everybody is with me on this one for the most part i'm i'm happy about this all right well it all comes down to this doesn't it the correct God answer damn. is white yes he was yes. white you got it yes. rubber the points back yes. on top of the game yes. man back the, in the murderer game. was white mm-hmm. yes <laughs> <laughs> i called it my racism is on point son um uh last thing we got cover of course is sword ratchetness we never end the show without talking about it. it's a serious subject that doesn't get addressed enough Mm -mm. in the american media you know uh people keep trying to get sword legislation i mean gun legislation not too late to get sword uh, legislation work your way up we don't even have we don't even have the swords under control you trying to get guns under control come on guys uh man was charged with the sword attack uh in vt St. Albans, I don't know where VT is, Vermont, oh, in Vermont. Police are, this is the second one from Canada, isn't it? Is Vermont in Canada? Where is that? Saint- no, Vermont State. It's one of really? the 50 states. Oh, well, this is a terrible, uh, terrible, uh, job. They just said VT. Yeah, this is a terrible job of editing for this article, but whatever. They got the important where, facts. Where'd, where'd you get this article from? Where'd you pull this? Rut, RutlandHerald.com. Okay. Yeah. Vermont News. St. Albans. That's why I was like, is this America? Because the, the thing is St. Albans. I was like, is that like another Yeah, country? like, where's that at? But okay. St. Albans, Vermont is where this happened. Police are looking for a suspect in a sword attack on a man in St. Albans. Police say 25-year-old Kyle Wallace got into a fight with his sister and her friend Sunday. Oh, stop. Yeah, they attacking the sister and their friends. They don't give a fuck, man. Your sister. This is your own flesh and blood. And you want to take your sword out and get into her flesh and blood. That is fucking ridiculous, man. Mm -hmm. Get your shit together, people. WCAX TV reported the police said during the fight, Wallace allegedly swung the sword at the man. The sword had a sheath on it, but it was torn and the blade cut the man's arm. Police said Wallace fled with the sword. He is facing aggravated assault charges. People, if you love somebody and, and, and they're your family and you want to see them, you know, do well get the swords out of their hands okay this is not what we want to see people doing mm-hmm. every problem cannot be solved with a sword this is not nope. ninja assassin ah! or fucking uh that's my movie now gi joe that's a good movie. sometimes you have to use your words and not your sword just take that s and you put it on the end guys all right man when, you, <laughs> well, when, when your when your friend says to sort it out right that's not what he means he doesn't mean sword <laughs> right Oh, this has been another episode of the Blackout Tips, man. Our guest was Russell Hainline. Find him on Twitter at Russell H Film. Listen to his podcast, The Long and Late Movie Show. I suggest you go start with the episode where they do the summer preview. That's my favorite episode every year. <laughs> and I love waiting about two months to listen to it and go back and uh, feel, it makes me feel smart, even though I did not, like, I don't know shit that I, that they didn't know at all. <laughs> I just sit up there and I just go on Twitter like, Ha! So you thought that damn White House down was gonna do good, huh? I was like, well, that, well, I did too, but let's not talk about that. I did. I liked White House down. It's just not as good as Olympus has fallen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to see it. Uh, this is happening. Like by the end of this week, I will have seen White House down. Put put that. Put your money on that shit. Uh, that's a, that looks impossible, white man. Um, yes. And There's some of that in there. There's some of that in there. It's gotta be, dog. Um, it's it look a little buddy copish too, but I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna hope that's There's not. There's some of that. Yeah. 
they had the president shooting a rocket launcher in the trailer dude uh <laughs> all right man um so the password is swordfish.com is where you can find some of his writing and stuff man uh you know always a great guest um never uh comes on the show you never know that uh he's a duke fan and that's the highest compliment i can give him um of course guys you can check us out blackouttips.com leave us five star reviews on itunes we'll be back tomorrow at nine mm-hmm. our guest will be fire uh and Ooh. this time she will actually be able to stay on the whole show because our internet won't be fucking up because i got it fixed this morning yes sir and uh we're gonna talk about <laughs> some good stuff man so uh until tomorrow i love you i love you too baby Mwah. Mwah.